0: You're listening to Pipes, Pores, and Pals. I'm your pal, Justin. And I'm your pal, Nate. How you doing, buddy? Oh, pretty fantastic. How about yourself?
1: Not too bad. Good. Just taking a break from the week.
0: Yeah, it's nice.
1: Yeah, it's been a heavy week.
0: It has for you more than me, but yeah. it's been, been
1: pretty busy. Yeah, it's been, um, well, last week was pretty heavy just because we had the uh, employee at work pass away and then... This week, I lost a friend, Um, unfortunately. um, Took his own life, but um, it just came to shock to all of us. Yeah. And, you know, one of the reasons I smoke a pipe, reflect on things. Yeah. Yeah. It's always difficult whenever I
0: hear of somebody that's taken their life, because you never know what people are going through. Yeah, And it's people can look so content on the outside and just have those demons burning on the inside and you just never know.
1: Yeah, I agree. He, um, young guy in his twenties, just had his first kid. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it was, um, he just graduated college like two years ago. And, uh, he's, uh, I know I can't get into it too much as far as his profession and stuff like that, just cause it'd be unprofessional, but, um, yeah, he just had the world in front of him, it seemed like, and yeah, some somber news to get. It's kind of scary to think that I just didn't see it coming at all. Yeah. But uh, I didn't get on here to be gloomy. I just, you know, it's good to sit that's, down with a friend, and right. that's what's going on, man. earlier in the week, I was like, I can't wait to hang out, because uh, it's been a rough week, so yeah. and we're recording this on Wednesday, and you know, three days into the week, it's already been pretty heavy. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm glad to be sitting down with a pal and a pipe and a pour and just enjoying myself. It Good. always
0: makes things better.
1: It does. I I've I'd say this all the time. Pipe smoking has been one of the best things for my mental health. Yeah. Um. I've struggled with mental health issues in the past, and being able to, you know, just chillax helps. I have my own space where I can just come down and chill and smoke a pipe, have a small drink. And uh, when you have a friend who goes along with it, it's great. Yeah, I agree. Yeah,
0: I um, <clears throat> I hadn't had anything that serious going on, but just been busy with work. It's my my regular, normal like everyday job has been picking up like crazy lately. Yeah, and then um, you know, after so I finish that, and then I go to the hospital, and it's been re- relatively busy, but not terrible. But but then like uh, today I had to have this insurance guy come over because our roof was leaking a couple of weeks ago and like it messed up the floors. And so I had to sit there and deal with that today with a guy coming through the house, taking pictures and looking at stuff and just seems like it never stops. There's always something, you know what I mean? So it's nice to be able to just kind of take a break and have a pipe, have a little, sounds like you need a drink and a smoke as well. Exactly. Yeah, (laughs) It's nice,
1: man. Yeah. We, uh, we're both smoking these um, new Peterson uh, billiards. It's the Phoenix. Yeah. From, um, the Pipe Nook. Uh, Eddie at the Pipe Nook has these uh, exclusives that he did with Peterson. And they are gorgeous.
0: Uh, yeah. And I'm excited. Like, I got this billiard in the mail today, I think. Yeah, it was today. Because I was late going into work before I went to work. I was like, I'm going to check the mailbox before I leave. And this box was in there. I got so excited and I opened it up and ah, this is just such a beautiful pipe. I, and it, this is the first time I'm smoking it is right now with you. And I'm about halfway through this bowl and uh, it just smokes like a dream. This is the first time I've ever used the nine millimeter filter. Yeah. Or actually any filter really. Um, And like we had said before, we talked to Eddie about those and he, he said that he thinks that when you use a filter that it kind of, takes out some of the nonsense and you can get more of the nuances of the blend. And I haven't used it enough to agree or disagree with that necessarily, but this is actually a new blend to us too. Yeah. Um, but so far it tastes fantastic and I'm, I'm really, really digging it. I like it a lot.
1: I love the acrylic stem on this. Yeah. The, just that marbling. It's like a reddish orange with like these goldish yellow marbles in it that are like long and wispy. And it literally looks like fire. Exactly. Yeah. Which is that, you know, it's that the Phoenix theme, you know, the Phoenix rising from the ashes born of fire, you know, and I saw you're sitting in the pipe rack the
0: other day when I was down here, um, it was sitting at the end. So I couldn't see the stem. I just saw the rustication on the bowl. Mm-hmm. And I even said to you, what pipe is that? Cause immediately it caught me and I was like, gosh, that's a good looking pipe. And then you're like, it's a Phoenix. And I was like, oh man. I yeah, I love the rustication on it. I love I love that stem, the little band that's on it. It's just a beautiful pipe. I it could go is, on and on. Yeah,
1: the um the rustication on this is like a thick chunky rustication. Yeah, very chunky. I wasn't sure when I saw it online, I wasn't sure how much I was going to like that thick chunky rustication, but I love it in person. It almost looks like like charred tree bark. Yeah. It's got like yeah, a you're right. Kind of a tree bark slash pine cone look to it, as far as that kind of texture. Yeah, and I like
0: how like the bits of the the briar that are sticking out that are the like the the unrusticated parts kind of they're like red.
1: Yeah. So it looks like to me, it looks like they went over. I don't know. I I'm a wood carver. If I were to carve something like this, the way I would do this is I'm not saying this is how they did it, but if I was going to paint a carving that I did, or finish a carving that I did, um, I would stain the entire thing red, and then I would go through with a dark color, and I would let it dry just for a brief few minutes, and I would go over it with a rag of some sort, and all of the high spots the red would show back through. Oh, Because the red had already dried on there, and mm-hmm. we call antiquing in carving. Mm-hmm. In a carving, you want to make a carving look older than it actually is at times. And so what you do is you put a darker color on over what you've just done. Like they literally make an antiquing medium that you just cover your entire carving with it. And it looks awful. And actually some of the most terrifying moments of finishing a carving for me are when I antique it. Like literally I have thought to myself, Oh no, I have ruined the carving that I just made. <laughs> but then when you take and you rub all the high spots on it, it leaves behind that darkness in all the crevices. And it just looks amazing. It just yeah. makes the carving come to life and pop. And that's kind of what I feel they did on this was they went through and they stained it a red color. Yeah. Let that dry. And then they went through over with a really dark color and then wiped it off. They didn't do a thorough buffing with it to get the um all the dark stuff off. So it left it on the low spots and on the high spots is where it wiped off. So it looks like if I had to guess how they did that that's how they did it. I could see that being the case. Yeah.
0: But nice. it's a good looking pipe.
1: Yeah. Uh smokes pretty well. I've had mine for a couple weeks and um, I'm not sure how much of a lover I am of the nine millimeter filter, um, but that's not a problem with the pipe. That's just not really caring for nine millimeter filters. I have a lot of nine millimeter filtered pipes. I mean, I'm, I've got these rat race 99, my favorite shape, they're nine millimeter filtered. Yeah. Um, a lot of the rat race pipes are, but uh, I always remove the filters out of it and just smoke it like that. But I can see the merits behind it. One thing I have noticed in smoking this is that it smokes very dry. It's not a wet smoke for me. Yeah. Um, and the blend we're smoking, um, I can tell it's smoking hot. Uh, I I am a fast puffer. And it, I smoked this too hot. It's got Virginians in this blend. And I can tell because the smoke I'm getting is hot, but it's dry smoke. So I'm not getting tongue bite. Mm. So, that tells me the filter's doing something. At the very least, it's filtering out the some, steam. Yeah, some moisture. Yeah. So
0: tell us what we're smoking. We are smoking Peterson's Belkin mixture, Balkan mixture. Yeah. Um, I picked this up a little while ago. This tin is actually from 2019. So it's got a little bit of age on it, not a ton. But uh, first time either of us have ever smoked it, and I really
1: enjoy it. I've enjoyed it, too. I mean, it's my first bowl, so I can't, I can't say this as a review. I'm just enjoying it. On the back of the can from Peterson,
0: it says, A traditional mixture comprising the finest of Virginia tobaccos, plus a hint of Louisiana Perique, and a generous portion of Cypress Latakia. A delight for the seasoned pipe smoker. And it says that the strength is three, aromatic taste two, and room note two. But
1: Aromatic taste, huh?
0: That's what it says.
1: Mm. I don't get an aromatic to it. You get the aromatic there?
0: No, I mean, I I get like a little bit of that sweetness from the Virginias and the Latakia, you know, kind of like a smoky little floral.
1: But I I don't taste. I mean, maybe I they're just referring to the flavor of it. I don't know, or yeah. the smell of it. I don't know. I don't. I don't have it like a traditional aromatic. I don't get that at all. Yeah, I don't sense a topping or a casing and I don't really pick up the Preek that much. Like it's, it's, it even says a, a, a small portion of preak
0: or whatever, but I really don't get like a very heavy Preek flavor.
1: I'm more sensitive to preak. Um, probably than you are. I get the preak on the nose a tad. I mean, I'm not talking like a vapor burn. Yeah. Vapors burn me up. I get a slight horseradish sensation. Yeah, uh, especially when I either inhale or exhale through my nose. You know, doing the French inhale, whatever you call that. Mhm. I get a, get a little bit of a burn when I do that. Well, I thoroughly enjoy it though. Yeah, it's really good. Um it's way too early for me to say, you know, deep thoughts about it. I'd have to study it a little bit more. I agree. Definitely not gonna kick anything off my list just after the first time smoking. It. No, 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 no. Not like match twenty did. Well. No. Didn't have a list before match twenty. But so we know what we're smoking. What you drinking? Um, I'm drinking
0: from your liquor cabinet, obviously. <laughs> um, some of this delicious monkey shoulder. It's the original. It's a blended malt scotch whiskey.
1: It is. Very good. I love Monkey Shoulder. I, I, this is the
0: first time I've ever had it, and I really like it a lot.
1: Hit, monkey Shoulder, is, first of all, is cheap. It's very, it's just very, not cheap, it's very affordable. It's the best bang for your buck scotch out there, in my opinion. It's in a very attractive bottle. That is a, a sexy bottle. I it like is. that bottle a lot. Yeah, they got the um, wood-topped cork with the three monkeys on top of it. Um the you see that? Mm-hmm. Uh the bottle has kind of like this rippled look to the bottle itself. It's not completely clear, but it's just like the glass has kind of got like a slight ripple to it. Uh it has this really attractive uh metal inlay of the three monkeys on each other's shoulders. Yeah. Monkey shoulder. Yeah. Um the the sticker is kind of traditional looking, but it's it kind of reminds me of like a like an old Western wanted poster. I was going to say like an old treasure map. Yeah. Old treasure map. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. It looks like it's like made of a, you know, some sort of papyrus or something like yeah. that. Um, it, it's an attractive bottle. They got the, even got the three monkeys in the yeah. bottom. Look at that. I saw it through the, through the whiskey. I, I like that a lot. I wonder where they got the name monkey shoulder. Um, <laughs> You don't see a, a lot of monkeys in Scotland, so I'm you not. You don't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know a ton about uh, monkey shoulder. I just know that I really enjoy scotch. Scotch, scotch, scotch. I love scotch. <laughs> um, and I've when I first got into scotches, I was told, this is a must-have in your liquor cabinet, and I saw it really cheap at Meyer, I think, for like $30 for the bottle. And so I was like, what the heck? I'll get it. It's good
0: good scotch. Okay, here we go. This is why it's called monkey shoulder. I was hoping it would be on the label. See, I don't read, so. It says, a malt man's skill is demonstrated as he turns the molting barley by hand. Years ago, some malt men would develop a strain injury known as monkey shoulder. Thankfully, this condition no longer exists. I assume that means that because they don't do it by hand anymore?
1: Maybe. It's unfortunate.
0: So it almost sounds like tennis elbow, except like in you know, your like shoulder. A, yeah, like a strain in your shoulder. Tennis shoulder, only monkey shoulder. Only monkey shoulder. Hmm. Still doesn't explain why it's called monkey shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> like, why did you pick that name for that injury? I don't know. That's uh, call it maltman's shoulder. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All I know is it's good and it's cheap. And for me, it was free. So that's
1: it. Is really good though. <laughs> I'm also enjoying it with a uh, cup of coffee, which is probably cold by now. What was that coffee I drank? Uh, it's Black Rifle, um, just black. It was very tasty. Yeah, I've got that in my Missouri Meerschaum uh, camp mug. Yeah. It's one of those like ceramic coffee cups that's supposed to look like a camp tin can. You know, my mom, we used... Tin cups, sorry. It was called
0: cowboy cups.
1: Cowboy cups, yeah.
0: And... We had like the cowboy plates and the cowboy cups. We had to set when we were, we were kids because kids can't break them because they're metal. So yeah, yeah. they gave us those for everything pretty much. But my mom is, she's always been one of those people who likes to be prepared. Uh huh. So whenever it would get cold in Indiana, sometimes you can get some pretty hefty snows and stuff, you know, but when we were kids, my mom would always pack like three candles, a box of matches, two blankets, and two or three of those cowboy cups. Mm-hmm. In the back of the van, wherever we went. Cause she said, like, <laughs> if we ever got stranded, then she said we could light the candle, we could put snow in the cup and melt it over the candle. Yeah. And drink water. And I was like, you know what? Even as a kid, I was
1: like, that's, that's good thinking, mom. That's like,
0: good <laughs> she was always thinking.
1: Yeah. That's, I mean, I hate the term, but I would consider myself a prepper. Yeah. So I can see that. I, I appreciate that. I mean,
0: Based on your basement, you're the most prepper, uh, prepper person I've ever known.
1: <laughs> You've got a lot, of, have a lot of food. A lot of food stored up. A lot of food. I don't have a lot of room for anything else in my basement because I have so much food in the basement. That's about a week's worth of food for my family. Yeah, that's what's scary. I would last my family, like, almost a year. <laughs> no, it's uh, Well, not if you count the dogs, I guess. Not if you got a lot of dogs, man. We do have a lot of dogs. How much dog food you got prepared? None. <laughs> what are you going to do, man? Uh, I guess we'll just eat them. <laughs> you got to go for Minnie first.
0: Uh, I would probably, and I hate to say this, I'd probably do the Danes first. Yeah. Just because they eat the most. That's
1: that's fair. You know
0: what I mean? Yeah. And they I feel like Minnie's going to taste the best. Yeah. She's well marbled. Yeah. <laughs> Minnie's my and, Um She's the fattest doxen I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, she's getting better. Is we, she? We, we, we she loves to, to eat. She, she's upset. It's the only thing that makes her happy in this world. <laughs> but we've been. She's on a diet. I've been. We've been feeding her less and trying to get really her to exercise. She's actually down quite a few pounds than what she used to be.
1: Wow. I haven't seen Minnie in a while. Then I guess.
0: Last time we took her to the vet, I think she lost five pounds.
1: Really? Yeah. That she, poor dog. She's withering away to nothing. <laughs> no, she's still overweight. <laughs> I'm surprised that you wouldn't eat uh, Daisy first. I would eat Daisy first. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. You said you'd eat the Danes first. Yeah. and Daisy would be the first one to go. Easily. Yeah. <laughs> easily the first.
0: And this is the other reason why, is she doesn't listen very well because she's a puppy. So, A, you're going to get that good tender young meat. B, this is terrible. <laughs> this is awful. But B... <laughs> I feel like if anyone is gonna sell us out and like bark at the wrong time,
1: oh yeah, it's gonna be her. It's definitely Daisy. Yeah, for sure. She's the traitor of the bunch.
0: Like, she doesn't mean to be. She's just also the stupidest one in the bunch. Easily, she poops everywhere too. Yeah. Like we would have like 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 our hovel that we would live in, and Mm -hmm. she would just be pooping in there.
1: Yeah. Daisy's got to go. I might just eat her when I get home. (laughs) Your wife gets back from vacation. You're like, I don't know, honey. I'm sorry. I don't know where she went. You want some ribs? (laughs) Check out this pot roast I made. (laughs) I did all sorts of cooking while you were gone. It's gluten free. (laughs) Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. I Man. That's one thing I'm not prepared with is taking care of the dogs. Yeah.
0: That little bear you got, that is, he's like the cutest little dog. He's a cute little thing.
1: He's a jerk. Yeah. (laughs) But he's cute.
0: He likes to lay down in that bathroom up there.
1: He does. It's his favorite place to be, isn't that little, in that little half bath?
0: Yeah. I think it's, I think he just likes being close to the food. (laughs) Like,
1: every time I walk in there, he's like spooning the bag of food. (laughs) He's just like wrapped around it. Yeah. So we, uh, we recently got this, um, Oh, what is he? Australian Shepherd and Border Collie Mix. Yeah. And um, went to a livestock auction. Took my 10-year-old daughter. Wasn't a smart move. That's a mistake. Yep. She's the animal lover in the family. And you took her to a livestock auction. Yeah. Well, she wanted to get some more chickens because we have chickens and rabbits and ducks and all that stuff. And uh, she wanted to get some more chickens, maybe some ducks, maybe some quail. So I was like, hey, this is the place to go. We can get them cheap at the auction, blah, 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 blah. Big mistake. Sitting there in the front row. And I've already bought enough chickens. I should have left at that point. (laughs) And a puppy comes up on stage for the auction. And I have four daughters. That naturally leads to a soft heart. And they're auctioning this puppy off. It gets to $75. And Laura leans her head on my shoulder and looks up at me. And does the puppy dog eyes. Yeah. And it miraculously made my hand go up. (laughs) And we came home with the dog. I won the dog at $75. And then I brought the whole rest of the time we were there. I was like, your mom's going to kill me. (laughs) Your mother is going to kill me. I kept saying that over and over and over again. Laura was trying to reassure me. She was like, no, no, no. Mommy will be so happy. She won't kill you. Sarah didn't kill me, but every once in a while, she reminds me. Hmm, remember I got that dog? <laughs> we have three dogs now. One Just, more. That's all you need. No. Four girls, four dogs. <laughs> no, I don't need another dog. <laughs> this blend is really good, man. I'm digging it. I really am. I'm having a hard time with this filter, though. I have a hard time keeping this lit because I don't feel like I can get enough of a draw because the filter.
0: It is a... a that's one of the, the main things I've I've noticed about the filter is it's uh it makes it for a tight draw for sure. I feel
1: like I'm going to have to get used to this. I don't mind smoking through. I don't mind it, I don't think.
0: I haven't tried this blend without a filter. M- maybe I should do that. Maybe like tomorrow I should smoke this exact same pipe with the exact same blend, but take the filter out and see if I can have any noticeable taste
1: differences. Perhaps. The thing I like about the filter, like I've already said, I'm not getting any steam. Yeah. I puff a lot, puff fast. I don't put the pipe down very often. I usually just puff until it's gone. And I've uh, been trying to, well, I think maybe the other part of that is is the filter slows me down. Ooh, that could be. That could be too. Forcing you to slow your cadence a yeah. little bit. The uh, only filters I've really used, I've used the 9mm filters in the past. The ones I've used the most of are the little balsa filters, the Savinelli balsa filters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And those don't stop my draw at all, but they do catch the moisture. Yeah. So I kind of like those, but uh, they're nasty. They get really gross. They do. It's like
0: whenever... The worst thing in the world, because I don't use a filter in all my pipes. I, I actually don't use a filter in any of my pipes, but the first couple of Savinellis that I bought had the balsa filters in there already. And I lit them up and smoked them. And I'm like, hey, that's not too bad having the little balsa filter in there. And then I put it down. And I go and I smoke something else. And then I forget it's there. <laughs> and then like three smokes later, I'm like, why can't I get this pipe cleaner to go all the way through this pipe? I haven't cleaned it. And then I open it. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what is this weird wet wood? <laughs> it turns nasty.
1: It's gross. Even after just one smoke, they're kind of gross. They're like wet and soggy it's and slimy almost. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I like the smoke that I get from them. It's a very dry smoke. Catches a lot of that pooling moisture that I get. Um, But they're just gross. Like I always dread cleaning out a pipe after I've smoked with a, with a balsa filter in. Yeah. That's why I don't smoke with filters. That's why I don't clean my pipes. I just. <laughs> <laughs> I just let all that nastiness run down the pipe into my mouth. <laughs> That's the worst. Like if I'm like, I'll be smoking along. and Mind you, this is in my basement right below the kitchen. And my kids have this tendency to just run like a herd of elephants through the kitchen or there'll be an argument going on. And I'll like look up out of frustration and all those juices. <laughs> oh, no. Have you
0: done that? I've, not done that exact same scenario but i know exactly what you mean there have been times like i smoke a lot when i'm driving mm-hmm. and there'll be times where like i have it clenched mm-hmm. and i just without thinking about it, especially i do it a lot with billiards or straight pipes in general but but i will uh the way i hold it in my teeth like right, mm-hmm. causes the pipe to to point upward a little bit you know especially if I'm like concentrating on something else and I just kind of like move it over there and it's just sitting up there. And then after a minute, I'm like, oh my God, like it's...
1: You have a English bulldog underbite. Is that why that does that? No. It's mine tilts down. You must have an underbite like an English bulldog, man. No,
0: actually my jaw starts hurting incredibly bad after a while when I just clinch like that. It's like, you know, like when you get mad and you kind of like put out that pouty lip of anger. I don't know. Yeah. I'm usually mad when I'm driving.
1: Are you? Yeah. They make these classes. What kind of classes? Um, Adam Sandler took them in a movie one time. <laughs> um, what were those called? Anger management classes? Oh. What was the name of that movie?
0: I think it was Anger Management. I think you're right. Yeah. It had Jack Nicholson in it too, mm-hmm. didn't
1: it? Great movie. Yeah. You Adam Sandler fan?
0: I am an Adam Sandler fan to a point. I love old school Adam Sandler movies. Um I grew up on them. I thought they were awesome, so I do still think they're awesome. I think the last like great movie he did comedy wise was Mr. Deed's. Yeah, I don't like much of what he's done lately, like the cobbler. Like... I hated Click, really? yeah.,
1: huh. that's unfortunate
0: the The Chicken at Super Hot. Um, Kate Beckinsale mm-hmm. and then it's got Christopher Walken in it too who I'm a huge fan of yeah but I don't know I thought it was kind of cheesy
1: mm. cheesy comedies are my kind of my jam
0: well have you ever seen um, uh, what's the one with him and Brendan Fraser and Steve Buscemi no it's not Steve Buscemi it's a uh, guy who played Lieutenant Dan I think Airheads you ever watch that
1: the guy who played Lieutenant Dan yeah that's Gary Sinise.
0: Okay, Gary Sinise. So Gary Sinise, Brendan Fraser, and Adam Sandler all have a band together. And they're trying to get their band on the radio. So Brendan Fraser has like this copy, like a mixtape basically that he made of his band and he takes it to this radio station. He's trying to get on the air. and They kind of give him the run around tell him no and he gets mad. So he goes back and what's his name? Gary Sinise? Mm-hmm. So Gary Sinise works at this toy store.
1: How do you not know that's... Come on, you're the movie buff, man. I
0: barely watch TV. <laughs> I'm very impressed that you knew Lieutenant Dan's name. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a great actor. I love that guy. He was in Apollo 13. He's been in a ton of stuff. I, I'm ashamed I don't know his name. I'm though. surprised his legs regrew. Well, now he has astronaut legs. But uh, anyway, so in this movie, he works I at... I just got that joke. <laughs> <laughs> You ain't got no leg, you t- it, Diane. <laughs> but in this movie, he has these toys that have been removed from the shelf because they look too too realistic for children. And they're like Uzis and like machine guns and stuff. So they fill them with hot pepper, like hot sauce. And they go and they hold up this radio station and force them to play their song on the radio. But the problem is that... they're the machine that they have is so old because nobody, they don't play tapes on the radio anymore. So they try to play it on this old machine and it melts the tape and he only has one other copy and his girlfriend has it. And so the whole rest of the movie, the cops are outside of this radio station and they're holding all of the people of, that work at the radio station hostage while they try to find his girlfriend to bring him this tape. And they keep like, they give them this huge list of demands. They're like, we'll release the hostages if you get us all this stuff. And it's really random stuff they're like let's make it as random as possible one of the things is like a football helmet full of cottage cheese one of them is naked pictures of b arthur like it's just it's really (laughs) random stuff it's a hilarious movie though but um adamson that's actually got like uh chris farley's in the movie too it's a great movie how have i not seen that i love chris farley he has a very very small part he plays a cop but it's a it's a hilarious movie it it has a guy who played kramer in it too from Seinfeld
1: yeah I know who Kramer is I'm a big Seinfeld fan what's his name I can't remember his name though
0: (laughs) but probably my favorite Adam Sandler movie is Happy Gilmore or Billy Madison Wedding Singer I love all those old movies
1: I really digged all those movies I was a big Adam Sandler fan yeah Uh, when I was a kid I watched a lot of movies not so much anymore yeah just not a movie buff not like you you had what, like three thousand movies or something like that? I didn't have that many, but I had over a thousand. Yeah, DVDs. That's a lot. I think I have like maybe a hundred,
0: and I don't watch any of them. I got rid of most of those, but uh, I've, I've, I just like I like a variety of movies. I don't like horror movies. Your Disney movie collection is pretty impressive. I, I what you have seen is only my wife's Disney movie collection. Oh, in the house, all of my movies are in a box upstairs.
1: Really? Yeah, but I do have a. I thought those
0: princess movies were yours. I have a, a pretty sizable Disney collection. <laughs> we have some duplicates now that we're together. Oh, nice. But uh, I don't know. I just like all kinds of movies. We were talking about uh, Steve Martin earlier. Mm-hmm. I love his old stuff. Yeah. He was in that movie where he had that long nose and he could smell things from far away. I don't remember that one. It was called Roxanne. He like was a firefighter. <laughs> he like smelled a fire from far away. <laughs> it was it's just... Sounds like a
1: typical Steve Martin movie. Yeah, just weird. Yeah, he's an impressive banjo player. Yeah. Yeah, almost as good as Josh Woods, who did our uh, our new introduction. I don't know if I'd go that far. Josh is pretty darn good. Yeah, I mean, Josh is pretty good. He didn't even play banjo in that, I don't think. Well, I think that was like a electronic dobro or something like that. I don't sounds know. Sounds good. It was all techno music, I think. I love techno music. Well, not like techno music in the <laughs> traditional sense, but like, I am... I'm surprised that I can actually run this podcast machine because I am technologically impaired to leave it nicely. Mm. I have to ask people how to use things on my cell phone pretty frequently. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like that grandparent that has to ask their grandkids how to use certain things on their phone. Mind you, I'm 33 years old. Mm -hmm. And I think my kids know how to use my phone better than I do. And my kids don't have phones. (laughs) And I have two of them. Kids? No, No, two phones. phones. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have four kids.
0: Yeah. Well, Steve Martin, I, I love telling this story because I'm from Terre Haute, Indiana. And back in the 70s, Steve Martin did this tour where he was doing stand-up around the country. And he came to the Holman Center in Terre Haute. And he was not very well received. People didn't really care for his comedy. He was just starting out. He wasn't really big yet. Um. But... He went on. I think it was like Johnny Carson, and he was talking to him about all the places he'd been traveling and stuff. And and Steve Martin said that Terre Haute is the armpit of the Midwest. <laughs> and if you're from not right wrong, right <laughs> back in the day, Terre Haute had a sewage treatment plant and a paper mill and a tar plant, all on the same street, and it was all on the like southwest side of town. So at night, around eight o'clock or nine o'clock the whole town smelled like trash because mm. of those mills. Like they're were all right next to each other and the wind would just blow. So it really did smell awful there. They, all those places are gone except for the sewage treatment plan. But so you don't get that smell anymore, but, um, Terre Haute took a, I don't know, they offense to his statement and the mayor of Terre Haute that we had this new library that was opening up and they were going to have a parade to celebrate this library opening. It was a new public library of Terre Haute. And so The mayor contacted Steve Martin and was like, hey, was there any chance that you would come be the grand marshal of our parade for this new library? And he was like, yeah, I'll do that. So he comes back to Terre Haute and they take him to all of the worst places. They drive him down the street (laughs) that all of those plants are on. They take him to the worst restaurant in Terre Haute. And about halfway through, he realized what they were doing and he thought it was funny. But uh, he made this movie. It's not a real well-known movie, but it's called Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. And it's a, it, he, It's like a parody noir. The whole movie's in black and white. And he's a detective. And it's literally like a noir movie. Like, you know, like the the door that you can see the, the silhouette through yeah. the detective's office.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he's in there and uh, he's chasing this Nazi. And apparently these Nazis, somebody was trying to figure out how to, speed up the age the, the way you could age cheese and they figured out that by it increasing the speed at which you could age cheese it caused it to explode and so they <laughs> so they they found out this new way of making bombs by aging this cheese so the whole movie leading up he's trying to find this nazi who's blowing up plus places with cheese. And at the end of the movie, they get to this, you know, the, the evil guy's lair, and he's got this giant map of the United States sitting out. And he's got little flags all over the map with names of cities on the flags. And all of these flags demonstrate somewhere he has a bomb placed, and it's going to destroy the whole city. Then he's got all these levers over here that he's going to pull to blow him up, and he's monologuing his whole... You know how they do in those movies, like when the bad guy starts his monologue and tells you his entire plan. Yeah. Well, in that moment, Steve Martin does the good guy thing, gets a gun and shoots him. And the guy's falling, and he hits one of those levers as he's falling. And it shows the map, and there's a little flag that says Terre Haute on it. And it just melts away into the map. And the bad guy goes, well, at least I got Terre Haute, Indiana. And he falls down, dead. And Steve Martin looks at the camera and he goes, Damn, they just got a new library. <laughs> and <laughs> and that's like our Steve Martin claim to fame for tarot, man. So I own that movie on DVD. <laughs> that's awesome. I've
1: never seen that one. Uh I love Steve Martin. I I was just telling you before we got on the air. Um one of my favorite movies is The Jerk. Yeah. And uh I just love his antics in that, the the whole scene where he's like taking all the stuff with him. And like the lamp and all that stuff uh-huh. and then the dog and then the dog growls at him. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Planes, trains
0: and automobiles. Yeah. I love that movie. Really? With uh, John Candy. Yep.
1: Steve Martin. hmm. It's a great one. I think probably my favorite. I said The Jerk. But I think Three Amigos. I, I always forget Three Amigos. Yeah. exists. It's such a good movie. It's a classic. It's it's probably the best Steve Martin movie ever. Of course, yeah. he's in it with Chevy Chase and Martin Short. Yeah. And so I think the three together, I think people just forget that it's like, it's a Steve Martin movie, but it's also a Chevy Chase movie and yeah. also a Martin Short movie. Um, So they kind of like blended in with each other and just became the three amigos and not necessarily a Steve Martin movie. Yeah. And um some of my favorite quotes ever are from that movie. Like a plethora. hefe. Yeah. <laughs> what is a plethora? I like their salute. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. <clears throat> the cough at the end like they're getting a physical. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I went to Disney with my wife uh, not that long ago. It was for our honeymoon. And she was telling me about this ride that they have. I think it was in Epcot. But she was like, she goes, it's a Three Amigos ride. And I got so excited. I was like, are you serious? They have a ride here for the Three Amigos? <laughs> and she was like, yes. And I was like, do they do the, like the, the salute? And she goes, I maybe I don't know, and so we go and ride it. Not it, the same three amigos. The three amigos with Mickey and uh, like Donald and the, the lame three amigos. amigos. Like I, oh, such a letdown. It's not even the real three amigos. The whole time I was like, why would they have the three amigos right here? <laughs> <laughs> Turns out they don't. But that seriously is a funny story though, right? About Steve Martin and the Absolutely. It's 100% true too. Is it really? My buddy told me this story. Uh he was in a marching band in Terre Haute, first one of them north or south or whatever. And he knew this story and he went to Chicago to play with the marching band and they were playing at some fancy place in Chicago and he saw Steve Martin in the hotel lobby and he walked over and he's like, "Mr. Martin." And he turns and he goes, "Hi." And he goes, "I'm from Terre Haute, Indiana." And he goes, and Steve Martin just goes just smiled at him and kind of like like he knew he knew you know what I mean (laughs) yeah it's classic I love it then that's the only reason I own that movie it's really not that
1: good of a movie (laughs) the whole premise is ridiculous it is ridiculous but that's that's the thing though like Steve Martin's stuff was so ridiculous like it's the definition of slapstick comedy yeah like even Three Amigos like nothing in that is real like it's nothing's realistic about it speaking of the great movie the Three Amigos. Mm-hmm. You know what other great movie there is out there? But I just realized recently when my kids were watching it it's a direct ripoff of The Three Amigos. That's The Bug's Life. That Disney Pixar movie? Yeah. I think that's who does it. Okay. Is it DreamWorks or is it Disney Pixar? I'm pretty sure it's Disney Pixar. Yeah, same thing. Totally different. The same thing. I like the same thing. <laughs> anyway, go yeah. on. Anyway, so, okay. So, with the plot line, spoiler alert, the plot line of the Three Amigos is these, these movie stars, these celebrities, right? hmm They're in showbiz, and the people think that they are like these heroes. Right. Like they play the Three Amigos and on they TV. They play the Three Amigos on TV. But the, yeah. they're in Mexico, right? Yeah, uh, they were actually in America, but they get called to go to Mexico. That's they, what I mean. Yeah. So they get fired from the studio. Same thing, right there with Bugs Life. These guys are doing the circus thing. They quit. They leave. Yada, yada. The circus is dead. Blah, 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 blah. They get approached by somebody that thinks that they're real heroes. They get persuaded to go play these real heroes, which they're not. Okay. They don't realize that they're going to play real heroes. They think that they've got some sort of gig. So they go to this ant colony to try to save the ant colony from this maniacal grasshopper kind of like el guapo and his herd yeah yeah it's making a lot of sense man right i'm pretty sure the bug's life directly ripped off the three amigos they even have the little the little once they've come to the uh realization it's like what your frauds blah blah, blah 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 oh no we hate you that whole thing right yeah yeah it's a direct rip off of three amigos they even have a little bird thing at the end Three Amigos, they did the whole... Everybody dresses the same. We'll do... We'll we'll shoot at them like crazy from different places. We'll do this little trick thing. Wow. Yeah. In the end, the main character gets the girl. Three Amigos. You know what's sad? All of the guys got
0: girls at the end. It's sad to me because... Bugs Life probably made a lot more money than Three Amigos. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. I've never... I think I actually, I think I watched A Bug's Life prior to watching Three Amigos. What? I know it's backwards, but um, when I was a, you know, growing up, I grew up in a, a relatively very conservative Christian home, and we weren't allowed to watch a lot of, um, well, I'm not going to say bad things, but a lot of things my mom wasn't interested in, <laughs> like. So I wouldn't. They, she wouldn't have let me watch Three Amigos, but I was allowed to watch A Bug's Life. You know what I mean?
1: What's wrong with Three Amigos?
0: Literally nothing. But my mom also wouldn't let us watch Full House. Mm. She said I had bad morals. Mm. But we watched all of the Diehards. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Diehard
1: literally has nudity
0: in it. I know. <laughs> we watched all the Diehards, all the Rambos. We watched, I, my, my brother and I, by the age of 12, we knew every single word to Tombstone. Like all of it, but we weren't allowed to watch full house or family matters because they had bad morals.
1: Hmm. I think my mom just didn't like them. And so she was like, "You can't watch that. Yeah. I mean, my, I was raised in a similar environment. My dad had shows. We weren't allowed to watch like Roseanne. Oh yeah. No, I I, I wasn't allowed to watch Roseanne. I wasn't allowed to watch the Simpsons. I wasn't allowed to watch King of the Hill. Yeah. Same South park was an absolute no go. You
0: know, the only two TV shows I was actually allowed to watch besides Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune was Home Improvement uh, and Mama's Family. Really? Yeah. Mama's Family. Mama's Family has worse morals <laughs> than <laughs> any other show that I've mentioned so far. <laughs> but for some reason, we're allowed to watch that one, which I'm I'm thankful for. I love Mama's Family. Yeah.
1: It's a great show. I love Family Matters. I love Full House. I wouldn't know. Polar House was awful. I I did know that. I know. <laughs> awful. But. I was so excited when it was coming on air. I was like, oh yeah. Spin off of Full House. A lot of people were excited. great and it was garbage. Were Mary-Kate and Ashley involved? Uh, I don't remember. I don't think they were. And I think that's why it was garbage. Uh, maybe. Uh, I'm a big fan of Candace Cameron. I had a huge crush on her when I was a kid. I had a huge crush on Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen like my whole life growing up because we're actually the exact same age.
0: Really, I I think, oh, uh, I think they were born in June, and so I think I'm like five months older than there.
1: or less, maybe four months. We just keep going ra- down rabbit trails here. Yeah, I want to take it down the next rabbit trail. I mentioned Candace Cameron, who's my teenage crush. One of my teenage crushes, mm-hmm. Topanga from Boy I Meets World. <laughs> I knew you were going to say Topanga. I knew you were going to say Topanga. She
0: was. When I was a teenager, I was like, that is the hottest girl I've ever seen in my life. I feel like everyone thought that. All all, all the guys, all (laughs) right? Well, we got really off topic. And I got to tell you, I just relit this pipe. But now
1: that I'm getting further down into the bowl, Mm -hmm. I'm getting really towards the bottom. That Perique is really hitting me. Me too. It's kind of getting like my nose is starting to sting. My eyes are starting to burn a little bit. I'm a pansy when it comes to Perique. I love it. And... It's it's I, I, it's very
0: noticeable now.
1: I um, I always liken the Perique burn, the pepperiness, mm-hmm. to horseradish. It's just very reminiscent for me. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, so one of my um, customers is Saint Elmo's Steakhouse. Yeah, and that Saint Elmo's cocktail sauce, cocktail sauce, is like the most. B- burning cocktail sauce ever. It is the best cocktail amazing, sauce ever been made. But it's made. so painful to eat. Oh, it's so good, though. It's amazingly painful. It burns so good. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I do. Like, I'm sensitive to Parikh. It burns, but I like it at the same time. Like, yeah. it's painful. Literally makes my eyes water, makes my nose burn, and I'm like, oh, it hurts so good. Mm-hmm. Like that John Mellencamp song. Yeah. You gonna sing it? No,
0: <laughs> I don't sing Cougar. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I draw the line.
1: That's because you're from Terre
0: Haute. That's right. Not Bloomington. Yeah. I actually, my mom and dad are good friends with a guy who's his cousin.
1: Really? Yeah. When he got
0: rich and famous, he bought his grandma a Cadillac. Hmm. I
1: would have thought it. See, we're from famous Indiana. There's lots of famous ties here in Indiana. Dan Quayle, David Letterman. Dan Quayle. David Letterman. You know who Dan Quayle is? No. <laughs> vice Vice President to George Bush? Still no. H? George H. Bush? The old one. The older guy? Older one, yeah.
0: Dan Quayle? Dan Quayle. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Couldn't yeah. can spell potato?
1: I can't. What?
0: <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? He couldn't he, spell potato? He,
1: when he was vice president, he was doing a um like a classroom visit. And he tried to spell potato on the chalkboard and spelled it wrong. (laughs) And the media ridiculed him so bad. This is back before the internet. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like Twitter would be ablaze today. Oh my gosh. I mean, imagine like Biden or Harris currently trying to spell potato. Just imagine the rhetoric that would happen.
0: I don't, I don't know. I don't want to get into this. (laughs) Biden could
1: say potato. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is not a political podcast. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I took the Dan Quayle thing down that road. I, he's, it's near and dear to my heart because I'm from Huntington, uh, Indiana, and where we say cheese toasties. Okay, Dan Quayle says cheese toasties. I'm pretty sure because he's from Huntington, and everybody says cheese toasties. He can't there. Potato. So, well, he was the vice sense. president of the United States. So, <laughs> I'm just saying, there's got some validity to it. Well, there's even a Dan Quayle museum there. They're open like three days a week. Really? Yeah. That's, I,
0: you know, and to be completely honest, I'm ashamed that I didn't know who Dan Quayle was. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, Indiana has the highway of vice presidents. We've had like three vice presidents from Indiana. We're kind of a big deal. So Indiana is famous for like three things. Yeah. Yeah. Ish. Three things. Vice presidents. Okay. I think we've had more vice presidents from Indiana than any other state. Don't quote me on that, but I think, I think I heard that somewhere. Okay. And then basketball. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, you got Hoosiers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got the Final Four that takes place here pretty much every year. It's true. NCAA is based out of Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the third thing is corn. Yeah. And if it wasn't for corn, there'd be no Missouri Mirsham. Boom. Full circle, my friend. Indiana, in a way, is famous for pipes. Okay. Not really. I'm just trying to bring this full circle. I understand. Yeah. But
0: I just don't think they got the corn from us to Mm-mm. make those pipes.
1: No, they grow it. I want to buy some of that, though. I want to buy some of those, the, the Missouri Mersham corn that you can get. Yeah. Have you seen that? You've told me about it before. Yeah. So I can grow my own gigantic corn cobs.
0: I can only name two vice presidents from Indiana, and only that because you just told me about Dan Quayle.
1: I don't know. I'm not a history buff. I enjoy history.
0: I enjoy history too, but I just enjoy history. I don't know who they are. You know, this is what's embarrassing. You ever watch that movie, Heavyweights?
1: This is a disaster. of an <laughs> This is an absolute disaster of an episode. This is why we need a script. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a blast, but it's a disaster. There's okay. I don't care. <laughs> Have you seen Heavyweights? No, I haven't. Oh,
0: It's a great movie about fat camp for kids. Yes, I have seen it. You have with yes. Ben Stiller? Yes. Okay, at the very end, they have to do this marathon where um, they're going against the other camp and they're all like, they have the go-kart race and like all these other tasks that they have to do is like a relay race. But one of the things is they have to go through the Hall of History and they have to answer all these questions about history. And the little British kid just gets everything immediately. And then he turns and he looks at the camera and he goes, you Americans have no sense of history. And then he runs on. And I'm like, that's true and like i know like washington jefferson adams adams and then it jumps to lincoln i know garfield's in there somewhere but i feel he's like he's also from
1: indiana not the president but the cat oh i know the well, way jim, jim davis was garfield. from indiana and mm-hmm. they created garfield so henceforth garfield's from indiana we have garfield everywhere around here yeah have you driven around indiana yeah have you not seen Garfield everywhere? He's uh, like on billboards. He's heck. Like, if you go up in Muncie, there's like Garfield signs everywhere. You go up like towards Marion and Gas City. They have Garfield statues everywhere. Really? Yeah.
0: I guess I haven't driven around that much. The first book I ever owned was Garfield. Really? Life in the Fat Lane. Yeah. So Manny
1: loves Garfield.
0: I know. You got like 17 books up there.
1: She has a lot. Well, that's about it. It's been a great night. Yeah. I had a good time, bud. Yeah. You guys have a great night. We'll see you next time.